Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to our uncharted discussion of Empower to Grow podcast. This is your host, Hanan Al-Basha, and I'm still joined by the amazing and very empowering Alexandria Dotcheva, all the way from the U.S. Um, Alexandria is a transformational story for me because moving from uh, being with a doctorate degree in music to nursing, to investing in real estate, to also being um, an author and a coach, She's been transforming her life in one more than one way. And we were talking in between the recordings and we were talking about wellness and happiness and how do we look at it from that perspective? And is it only about your nutrition and taking care of your body, what goes into your body and about the movement and the physical activity? And we were saying, no, there are a lot more elements to it. So let's delve a bit deeper into this, Alexandra. Uh, as a nurse as well, you've seen, as you said, you have seen nurses working towards supporting others who are ill and taking care of them. And yet they need to take care of themselves. And I think that is something that I'm also witnessing a lot. Um, I know personally, that was part of my story is when I had, I was partner in two businesses, well, two out of four businesses. I was a doctoral student. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm an expat. So I don't have the family support and all this. And I found myself putting, deprioritizing myself on the list until one day my head was down the toilet and I'm throwing up blood just because, you know, it's just got to me from all across. And I realized I'm collapsing. And that was a moment for me that was transformation. That was like, something's got to give. I can't sustain this life because I'm, you know, I'm literally just digging myself to the ground and then, you know, who's going to take care of my, my son and, and, you know, my husband and, and everything else in life. And I realized I've got to reassess my life. I've got to look at it from a different perspective and, and what are the priorities? And I say now that reassessing my sub, my subjective success parameters that I put myself first. And not, not because I'm selfish or cocky, but because I realized taking care of me meant that I can take care of everyone around me. So talk to us a bit more about, about the concept of health, wellness, and happiness and how they're connected from your perspective. Exactly. Great points here. Uh, great points. Um, in my case, it was, I always have been very healthy. However, like you said, my colleagues, uh, a very unhealthy crowd for the most part, and the problem was that uh, while they really obviously were waiting for horrible health events to happen in their lives to take some care of themselves, yeah, um, just like the patients that we were treating, but also it's a double standard in healthcare when you are, uh, especially in the United States, when you have healthcare that is the most expensive healthcare in the world, mm-hmm. uh, first cause of personal bankruptcy and the most profitable business, you're seeing healthcare professionals that are not leading by example. And that's a big double standard in my book because I saw it right away when I, uh, even when I became a nursing student and I couldn't reconcile this. 
So with health, nutrition is extremely important, especially now, I don't know how things are in Qatar where you are, but in the United States, we have this uh, giant corruption of the food system where literally 95% of the things that you find in a grocery store should be illegal That's by true. any health standard because of their cancer-causing properties, their heart disease and diabetes-causing uh, properties. Yeah. It's unacceptable that these items are sold and advertised to people at any age, at any time, for any reason. Yes. Um, so nutrition, uh, I we, as we discussed in between our conversations, <clears throat> I have been a whole foods organic vegan for several years now, and I don't compromise this for the sake of convenience or to make an exception here and there for a friend or a loved one or a relative. Yeah. Absolutely not. I've put the limits and I said, this is my lifestyle. You will not pay my healthcare bills if anything happens to me from a chronic disease perspective, and most of the chronic diseases, I mean, they have potential for multiple organ damage. And I see this in my patients every day. So that is a non-negotiable field, your nutrition, what fuel you give to your body. You can take better care of your car than you take care of yourself in terms of fuel, right? Um, the other aspect, of course, is exercise. Diet and exercise are not substitutes for each other. They're an absolute must. And of course, my 12 years martial art experience uh, very much contributed to my understanding of the importance of exercise because a in martial arts you have to keep strong not to injure yourself from the repetitive motions in the fight uh, situation but also from a medical perspective uh, knowing what each uh, exercise whether it's weightlifting or cardio under high intensity and um, resistance does to every body system you understand that the fuel is one thing to make your body perform at an optimal level but then the exercise it's the absolute must for strengthening and conditioning and endurance and it doesn't uh excuse a bad yes. nutrition just because you exercise and yeah. then the third very important aspect that is largely neglected uh, in uh, this country is detox um, mm -hmm. when you're exposed to between 20,000 and 1 million toxins a day there is no uh sense not to detox every day when yeah. you're exposed to these toxins on a daily basis, and that's another thing that I don't compromise, just like my diet and my exercise. This is an absolute must. I have had shifts 13, 14 hours. I have come home after work and I never skip my detox. That's just, there is no way I'll skip my detox knowing how beneficial it is to me and to my immune system and my ability to fight disease and stay energetic and, you know, pumped up to work the next day. So what kind is... of a detox like we know there's there are simple detoxes such as and and we've i mean i know i've practiced a bit but i know that that is something that i also need to work on the consistency of it but something like taking celery juice in the morning that is one of the of the elements that helps your body as well detox and and kick it off on a, on a good note but for you what's a detox what's a daily detox well i do a liver detox mine is a little more extensive in the form of a cleansing uh, with coffee. It's uh, a very good practice from the Gerson therapy for cancer patients. I do it every day, but uh, I completely agree with you that uh, vegetable juices, the green, uh, sour and um, bitter vegetable juices are a great detox method as well. Um, in addition to, you can do uh, the lemon olive oil water recipes for liver detox, which are also taken orally. Really, really depends on your um, perspective, your preference, your time uh, ability, and your finances, because in my understanding, I have found the cheapest and most affordable way to detox on a long-term basis, because when we buy a package of five pounds of uh, organic Arabica therapeutic blend coffee, between me and my boyfriend, that lasts us for two and a half months, and it's really inexpensive. Then you have other detox formulations that are more pretentious in terms of price, yes. but some people 
feel psychologically more comfortable with them and that's fine, but I'm all about practicality. And when I know the science behind the detox I'm doing, how it uh, increases the uh, amount of glutathione secretion from the liver by 650% every time you detox. I mean, that's a powerful antioxidant molecule that binds free radicals all over your body and uh, eliminates the potential risk for cancer. I mean, that's amazing what it does. Um, and how you feel after that. So, but other detox formulations do similar things. So as soon as you integrate it in your schedule, you pick your method, Uh, read detox experts books, pick a method or two and just persevere and be consistent. And it becomes part of you because it's so relaxing. Also, you can listen to music, you can do whatever you want, collect your thoughts. And it's just a me time uh, in your day that it's really valuable. That's true. And, And you've brought up a very important point here is, try things out for yourself. One of the concepts that we've learned through the health coaching was bio-individuality, which means we're all different and no one size fits all. And I think that is also a big chunk of the misconception when it comes to diets and exercises and all this. This is what works. You have to follow this. And I remember for me and and bringing in the elements as well of the other things in life, um, in my last year of my doctoral study, I quit the businesses and I decided to sit and work on my thesis because it was taking forever. Let me sit and focus on this. And I said, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to eat well. So, you know, I changed my food. I was tracking my food also on my fitness uh, uh, pal app. And I was doing CrossFit and kickboxing five to six times a week. Good for like, you. Thank you. <laughs> wonderful. And then I, wonderful. Gained, I gained after one year, I gained 20 kilos, which is what, about 45, 50 pounds of fat. And that shocked me. It shocked my system. And that is one of the reasons why I went to the health coaching, because I'm like, okay, the book says you diet and you exercise or you eat well and you exercise and you should get stronger and fitter. That's not the case for me. So that's where we started delving. And this is the, you know, where I started the conversation is the other elements in life. And that includes your relationships, your finances, your spirituality, your career. And this was a time that was one of the most stressful times in my life, because here I am completing my doctoral degree. I walked out of the businesses I have been building for five and a half years. um, And I don't know what to do next. My relationships were falling apart. And some of them, as we were discussing earlier, were very toxic. And I, everything else contributed to my lack of wellness rather than you know, building up my wellness. So talk to me a bit more also about relationships because we were talking about that a bit earlier and how it's other elements that contribute as well to your wellness and happiness. Yeah, that's a very interesting topic too. Uh, relationships uh, can be either toxic or well-intentioned and ignorant relationships or fully supportive and respectful. So you want to lean gravitate towards the third type of relationship. Yeah. Um, ideally, um, whether we talk uh, loved ones, friends, or an intimate partner, there are several types of people that you surround yourself with, uh, learn to distinguish. Uh, there are partners that will be readily supportive right away. There are other partners that need convincing. Yeah. Uh, in my case, that was the case with the real estate investing because my boyfriend is a very pragmatic person. He doesn't like taking certain types of risks, certain mm-hmm. types of risks. So when I told him, hey, uh, let's invest in real estate. I want to buy rental property since being a landlord. He was like, what? But yeah, really, it's a great tangible asset to do. But he took some convincing. But the important part is that he never, ever stopped me from pursuing that goal. 
Mm-hmm. It was always listening to my, uh, you know, rambling at night at the dinner table, what I had learned from my mentor and all that. So, okay, well, if the person never stops you, they're that type of partner. They go along, they don't necessarily participate at the first place, but if they don't stop you, they're good to go. This is yeah. the most uh, frequent type of supportive partner because they really are not telling you, okay, if you do this, I'm going to quit and just forget that, absolutely yeah. forget that, because that's yeah. a horrible partnership. And uh, I've seen that too. So toxic relationships versus not toxic. But then there is another very important part of relationship that... Um, partner might tell you that they're very supportive verbally and then they do everything possible not to participate in your endeavor they don't stop you but they don't participate they don't help in any way okay and then you're on your own and that's also but that's a later on you realize that they're really unsupportive and you're in this fake pretentious relationship because you're on your own all this time and they've been verbally very supportive but they do absolutely nothing to facilitate your date at least by like a little bit just hey, let me do this for you so you can, you know, focus on that idea here that might potentially bring um, profit and benefit to both of us. Um, And then you have the trickiest type of relationship, which is usually not the intimate partner, but friends and loved ones and relatives when they are extremely well-intentioned, but they're full of advice when they have no clue what they're talking about. And (laughs) that's that's where you have to be extremely careful because these are the people who well-intentioned as they are will completely dissuade you sometimes if you're not secure yourself in, in, in your secure enough in yourself and convinced enough in your passion to pursue a certain change. Yeah. They will be the ones who take you away from that out of good intention. And they 90% of the time they will be wrong. Yeah. 95% of the time they will be wrong. So be respectful to them. Uh, but Please don't take it as advice if they have never built a scalable business and they tell you it's very dangerous. Uh, just learn from somebody who is very successful in the scalable business you want to learn and be respectful to your loved ones, but put the limits and say, you're not the one to give me advice because you really have no clue. You know just as little as I do. Our difference is that I want to learn and yeah. you're trying to stop me. So I cannot emphasize enough how much I don't appreciate that much as I appreciate you. So we're put, drawing a line in the sand, sand here. That's what we do with yeah. that type of, yeah. I, I, and I love that you brought that <laughs> up because we've seen, and I know I've experienced it personally as well. As you said, it's it, it comes from good intentions of that's their way of protecting you. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's also a reflection of their own self-limitations, self-set limitations. Exactly. And their exactly. own insecurities or fears is like, you really shouldn't be doing this because as you said, this is risky or, you know, you could fail and it's the fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of, of the future. We don't know what's going to happen, but all right. of these, uh, I say, I start building an energy shield around me and this is like, okay, great. You know, and it kind of just deflects like the star Wars shields. It deflects whatever they're trying to set off on me. Um, but also it takes a lot of time to be able to build that shield and that resilience to being criticized by loved ones or by ones that are close to you because they don't think you're doing the right thing. Right. And depending how sharply they criticize you, um, usually the people who are the most mediocre achievers are the harshest critics. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting correlation. Yeah. And even if they don't sound harsh, the words they say and the way they say it, it seems harsh and very discouraging. So these are, it is a type of a toxic relationship, even though the person is not intentionally toxic to you. Yes. And it's, uh, it takes some experience and suffering to be able to recognize that this is the type of relationship that, okay, so that's where we're in. Let me see where I can deviate from that because it's not good for me. 
Yeah. It really isn't yeah. good. And um, fear of judgment and uh, dissatisfaction of the other person's feelings and uh, offending them is a strong barrier to people to make their progress oftentimes. And uh, it's a very important thing to think about. It's part of your goals to really make yourself less available to that type of a person. And if you have several of those in your immediate circle, you really very seriously need to rethink who you are allowing close to you and mm. who you are keeping not so close to you for the sake of your own sanity. That's true. Well, speaking of that, um, I want to move with you to the last topic I want to address is the part about the real estate investment and you deciding that this is um, an alternate revenue stream for you. And you're also learning from scratch about a new uh, field for you, but you decided you want to do it and you're scaling it accordingly. So tell us a bit about your experience there. Yeah, this was a, a very fascinating experience where I actually hired a mentor who was a self-made millionaire to do that. Because I learned if you hire a financial teacher from college, they already are making ends meet by a salary, which I already knew how to do. So I mm. wanted somebody who has started from nowhere and built multiple millions of fortune to teach me so that I can, even if I don't build multiple millions, but I have now built a couple of millions, which is awesome, considering that I was an immigrant who came here with nothing. So I wanted to learn from that person. So I paid them to teach me a nice online program and uh, buying the first property is always the hardest. But uh, if you know how to evaluate the property in your market, how to study the market, how to study the rental market and the pricing market, how to negotiate with sellers, or with real estate agents, build your investment team. You don't do this by yourself. Yes. Uh, you become more selective with time, who you want on your team, who you don't want on your team. That's a total different part of relationships. Those are business relationships. Yes. So uh, my my principle is I never do business with friends. Okay, that's absolutely a no-no uh, based I on what I've seen <laughs> or relatives for that matter as well. Yes. Uh, but that's my case. Somebody else might be different, okay? I don't want to outrage everybody who's in a family-owned business. However, um, you... First, learn the formula with the first property, you make it profitable. That means you find the problems in the property that the previous owner completely neglected, especially if they let the tenants in the property live like dogs. You mm. address all these problems, you increase the value of the property, you can raise the rents uh, affordably to the tenants, or if they leave for whatever reason, then you can start really better market rents. And once this property starts cash flowing in a couple of years, then you don't buy yourself a luxury car with the profit. Mm -hmm. You save it towards your next property and so you grow your business from there. Same thing with the next property, might be a different property. See, my first one was a fourplex. It was a building with four apartments. So every problem was multiplied by four. So okay. like I didn't, I never owned any real estate before I purchased the fourplex. We lived in one of the apartments, the other three were rented, but all of them needed major repairs. So yes. we repaired the three ones for the tents. We lived in the broken no fourth apartment until yeah. we moved out, right? And mm -hmm. then we repaired it. But this is how you start. And then you maybe you buy a single family house or an even more uh, extended uh, multifamily property. Doesn't matter. It's a different formula, different problems with every property, different type of a deal, different type of a proposal. But you learn all these skills. I learned to paint walls, ceilings, wow. trim, yes. which I never knew how to do before. And my boyfriend taught me how to do that because he said, we're going to save a lot of money if we do this and yes. save the really professional stuff for the professional contractors. That's but that's, that's how you learn and you expand your thing. You always reinvest in the business. You never uh, start spending on 
stupid stuff when you see the profit. Oh, you know, now I can know you. Are you growing the business? Are you going to be financially independent? Then you learn how to grow it to where you don't have to work if you don't yes. want to work for yes. anybody else. That's the whole premise of real estate investing. That's true. And um, um, you reminded me of the story, you know, Dean Graziosi, he speaks of how he started with also um, part of his story was investing in real estate and fixing up places and accordingly selling them or renting them out and everything. And he speaks of the concept, as you said, whether you're learning to paint for yourself or bringing in the professionals, he speaks of, again, the investment of your time and your knowledge and your energy whether you want to either automate it, delegate it, or eliminate it. And that right. would be the best <laughs> return. And he's like, when I first hired, um, I think it was someone to mow his lawn and his dad was saying, you know what, are you crazy? You should be doing this. And he's like, yeah, I pay this guy five or $10 an hour. Um, that hour costs a lot more if I invested building up my business. So yes, I'm going to delegate this. I'm going to find someone to do that for me versus me spending the time doing it because my time is a lot more valuable. And I think this is also where, especially for those still starting their business, this is where I say it's it's a risky part of, of quicksand. Either yes. side. <laughs> to, um, no, I'm not going to, you know, I can't afford anyone. I'm not going to pay. I'm going to do it myself. And versus you hiring someone who's a specialist that will save you so much time and energy by giving you a solution that is a lot more efficient in a much shorter time frame, And you can take it and run with it rather than spend so much time relearning something that someone else could do and, and focus on your specialization and your area of expertise. Absolutely. See, the, the issue is when you become first in real estate investment, if you're like me, I had no expertise in any area of real estate, whether repairs, maintenance, nothing, mm. nothing. All I knew was how to clean floors because I cleaned the floors of my house. Okay. Yeah. So I had no expertise. So in my case, it was going to be like really a huge expenditure fixing all these apartments, which initially I did with a very cheap contractor who never kept deadlines yeah. He, and I didn't place the deadline. He placed his own deadlines that he could never keep after that to save his life. So that's part of the experience. But yeah. eventually things fall in place if yes. you don't give up. And with something like a large estate property like this, to me, a fourplex seemed like a huge amount of commitment because like I said, every problem is multiplied by four. So I couldn't, there was no going back. I yes. was in it and I had to plan finances extremely well and yes. hone my skills. And that was another demand on myself, discipline and perseverance and, uh, you know, toughness, so to speak. And it was great. But the first five years, oh my goodness, learning curve, learning curve, like everything else. Now it's, it's really, it's been very, very uh, rewarding and uh, we've seen great results. So uh, That's no complaints there. That's amazing. And I think this is, this is a beautiful place to wrap up just the disciplines and the perseverance discipline and the perseverance <laughs> is is literally what gets you from one place to another from one phase to another in your life right yes 300 percent <laughs> alexandra thank you so much this has been an absolute pleasure talking with you and i'm sure we can go on for a few more episodes because there's so much more that i can explore with you a bit more <laughs> Anand, thank you very, very much for having me. It was a real pleasure talking with you and I hope to have been very useful to your audience. Um, you are. I know you, I've taken a lot of learnings today and I'm sure a lot of people will take a lot of learnings from all the value you've shared 
in your experiences and your perseverance in not accepting the status quo, even if that status quo is something you've been working on for a big chunk of your life, you decided that this is not where I'll stop. This is where I'm beginning and I'm beginning and I'm beginning. And there are always new beginnings that are bringing in, are bringing on more challenges, but also more rewards, as you said. So thank you for sharing that with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, as always, I hope that you take that value from everything we spoke about today. You pick what suits you. You take the small steps towards your dreams and your vision, your subjective success and what you want out of your life. And you keep going and you keep being empowered to grow. As always, I wish you love, abundance and prosperity. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.